one champion sound. Yeah, Estelle, we about to get down. Who the hottest in the world right now? Just touched down in London town. Bet they give me a pound. Tell them put the money in my hand right now. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Hey, welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us here today on the show. Great information coming at you. I'm still... Got a lot to share tomorrow. I'm going to tell you all about the Northwest Woman Show. But right now, we've got a fabulous, fabulous guest joining us here today. Uh, Rex Weiler. Weiler? Weiler is what I want to say. Did I get that right? You got it right. That's what I thought. Uh, He's joining us here today. Let me tell you a little bit about Rex, and then you're going to be, like, totally blown away about what we're going to talk about uh, during the show today. Journalist, writer, ecologist, his latest book is The Jesus Sayings, The Quest for His Authentic Message. Uh, and so he's had previous books on self-help, chop wood, carry water, a guide to finding spiritual fulfillment in everyday life. You know, this is, for me, a big conversation. Uh, Rex has also served as the director of Greenpeace and was co-founder of Greenpeace International. Photography and essays appeared in the New York Times, Smithsonian, Rolling Stone, New Age Journal, National Geographic. And I know I've read a bunch of those. I know I'm like so addicted to the pictures in all of those magazines. He's also appeared regularly on Canadian television as a religion, uh, a religion commentator and writes for magazine on religion, magazines on religious issues. And so he's joining us here today because I've got a fresh, fresh, hot copy of this book. And we're going to be giving copies of this away. And so the question is, the Jesus sayings. Wow. Rex, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm thrilled. So Rex, let me ask you the top question. Yep. You ready? Yep. All right. Fasten your seatbelt, okay? Okay. Okay, so are you going to tell me, like, all of the stuff that I, like, read about what Jesus said may or may not be exactly right? Well, uh, what we, yes, I'm going to say that uh, what we have to do to, re- to, to know what Jesus said is we actually have to look at all the sources, all the documents, compare them, uh, just like we would do with any testimony, say, say uh the, the more witnesses you have, the better, and the more that those witnesses corroborate each other. The good news here is that... We well, actually, act- that was the good news for me. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> that was the good news, but give me the, oh, other, more good give news, me the other good news. The other good news is that it's very possible that the, the scholarship is excellent, and, we're, and scholars in, uh, for the last century have been able to compare these early texts also, we've discovered a lot of new text over the last hundred years, and scholars are able to really put together a very good analysis of what Jesus most likely actually said. And, and you know, this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, Rex, the book you put together. And, and you know, there are people coming out just raving about this. Uh, you know, I looked at what Matthew Fox said about it and said that, you know, Rex Weiler liberates the historical Jesus to tell the Christian story anew read this book and so what does he mean when he says tell the christian story anew well historically uh the the, uh, people who have followed the word of jesus or or been christians have have relied on the four traditional orthodox gospels and indeed there's a lot of good information in there but those gospels were written the earliest one mark was written uh, 40 years after the life of jesus and the later ones 
Luke and John were written 50, 60 years after the life of Jesus. In the meantime, we now have possession of the Gospel of Thomas, the Egerton Gospel, the Ebionites, and so forth, all of which were written much earlier, within the first 20 uh, years, first two decades after Jesus. So we actually now have more information and better information. There are some 200 documents that attest uh, to this person and to Mary Magdalene and so forth. Uh, and so we now have just have a much broader palette uh, to, to understand who these people were and what they were saying and what their purpose was. So let me ask you a question, Rex, because I think, you know, for most of us, we've we've read the Da Vinci Code. We've, you know, and everybody's getting ready to sort of get to the movies and watch Angels and Demons, I guess. Or is it Demons and Angels? I guess it's Demons, Angels and Demons. And there's a lot of information about what happened, what didn't happen, but especially around Mary Magdalene and and I guess and I guess the apostles as well. Uh, and I guess the question I want to ask you is if I if I kind of sat you in a chair and I said, Rex, you have one thing to tell us right now. Just one. I only have time. We actually have more time than, than that. But if I were to say to you, Rex, you have one thing to say to our listeners right now, one thing to share with us about what you've discovered, what would that be? I think the most important single message that we hear continually in all the earliest documents regarding Jesus is that his message was this. Look inside. Find the light inside. The kingdom is not in some other place at some other time. It's here now in front of your eyes, spread out across the world, and people don't see it. He says, find the light inside and then share that with the world. His message was about personal self-awareness and public generosity. So, you know, let's start at the beginning with you. In order to write the kind of book that you've written, and boy, I want to just tell everybody, you know, we're going to give away four of the four of the Jesus things uh, to you today. If you, those of you tuning in, but boy, I would love to have your questions for Rex if you got them ready. You know, when we look at all that you've you've written in this book and and sort of the flow of what you've done, what was it that got you pointed in this direction? What was it as a journalist? What was your curiosity? I guess my question is. Well, you sort of hit on it with the word curiosity i i was writing a, a screenplay actually that was set in the first century and i needed to know what did people in the first century believe and specifically what did they believe about this person jesus and his followers um so i started a little research project in order to figure this out well the research project became this book because what when, when i started to really learn what the people in the first century believed i realized Goodness gracious, this is not what people today necessarily believe. And so how did things change from the first century to the 21st century? And I became really more than curious. I became almost obsessed with finding the answer to this question. And um, this book is the result. And I spent about four years researching and writing this, looking at all, all the best scholarship I could find, looking at all these 200 ancient sources, uh, looking for the translations of the earliest Greek um, versions of the Orthodox Gospels and so forth to come to these conclusions. You know what I find really interesting, and I, w I wanted to ask you about this because you are a journalist. Um, I know that I could pick up, just to give you a simple example, right? 
five different papers right now. Um, yep. And let, let's just keep it five different papers. Let's say it in the state of Washington, right? Right. Pick up five different papers. And I would venture to say that on the same topic, eh, let's call it the marketplace, right? Yeah. Everybody's got a different spin on it. Who yep. said what, how they said it. And everything, you know, e each person is coming from their own personal truths. You know what I'm saying, Rex? Yeah. How, how could we ever figure out what Jesus said? I mean, if we take the Gospels as the Gospels, then we have to assume that somebody was very, very good at capturing this information. Or am I naive? Or sh should I just shut up and, like, believe? Well, you know, it, we can find this information out like we do with any other piece of knowledge that we're trying to, to, to learn about. For example, I mean, when we have a modern court case, we have lots of witnesses and we hear what they all say, and we sort out the difference between truth and bias or truth and outright lies by finding out how the witnesses uh, either corroborate each other, do their stories converge, uh, do some of the stories converge and some of them come from out of left field, and that's how we do it. That's how scholars throughout the history of the world have sorted out the truth from people's imaginations, people's biases, and people's just outright manipulation. So we actually have very good tools for doing that. Now, when you go back to the first century to do that, it gets a lot more difficult because in order for us to know what was going on during the life of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, for example, we rely on documents that were written perhaps in the 1st and 2nd century, but the manuscripts that we have don't exist until the 3rd or 4th century. So we're picking through shreds of evidence. And what scholars do then is they take all of these various witnesses and they look, so where do the witnesses collaborate? corroborate? Where do the witnesses say more or less the same thing? If the earliest version of the Thomas sayings and the earliest versions of, of the sayings collections that were the sources for the, for the Orthodox Gospels, if they tend to agree that Jesus said, love your neighbor and, and give to anyone who asks and look inside and find the light inside, then they say, okay, these appear to be authentic Jesus sayings because all of the earliest testimonies agree. And, and other sayings we know come from decades and even centuries later, and we know that because the language and the message uh, is so different from the language of, of the first century. Other things that Jesus may have said, for example, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, we know that that sort of message existed throughout the ancient world in every single culture, so Jesus may well have said that, but if he did, he some of those things he borrowed from his culture. So what the, what the scholars do is they separate the stuff that certainly came later that was applied to Jesus. They separate out the stuff that Jesus may have borrowed from his culture. And what's left is the kernel of his authentic message, which are the sayings that are corroborated by most or mm -hmm. many of the earliest uh, witnesses. Okay. This is so, you know, I honestly... Rex, I can, I can be on the phone with you for like a day and not really get 
everything that you put together in this book. I've got so many questions. We're going to have to take a short break so I can almost like catch my breath. Uh, and when we come back, you know, what has Rex Weiler found out about Mary Magdalene? If you would like a copy of this book, and I got to tell you, this is going to give you a lot of really cool information. Really point out different ways to think about uh, the Jesus sayings. And you're invited, if you like, to receive a copy of it. Give us a call. We'd like to give you a copy of the book. But this is also an opportunity for you to give Benny a question that we can get to Rex or ask Rex yourself. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. When we come back... Rex and I are going to talk about Mary, Mary Magdalene. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Dr. Pat, I want to make sure you don't miss the final event in the 2009 Extraordinary People Lecture Series. Join Don Miguel Ruiz, international best-selling author of The Four Agreements, on April 24th at the Center for Spiritual Living in Seattle. Go to thedrpatshow.com under the Featured Events section for more information and to purchase your tickets now. Don't miss this opportunity to be inspired. Go to thedrpatshow.com for more details. The Hotel Max introduces Seattle to an experience of art and luxury combined. It's the most artistic downtown Seattle hotel and is the perfect setting for business or pleasure. Hotel Max provides the platform for viewing emerging and established Seattle artists and photographers with more than 350 original paintings and photographs found throughout the hotel. At Hotel Max, you definitely know you're in Seattle. Visit HotelMaxSeattle.com. That's HotelMaxSeattle.com. Hi, I'm Dawn Stansfield, host of It's a New Day. And if you are like most people these days, you're trying to green your life and use products that are more natural and organic, especially what you use on your body. Well, I've discovered a cosmetic line that I really love. It's Gabrielle Cosmetics. And one of the things I love about this line is that it's 100% natural and completely organic and vegan and cruelty-free using mineral-based ingredients. And for you moms out there, they have an awesome line for children as well. You can purchase Gabriel Cosmetics at Whole Foods, or you can go to their website, which is GabrielCosmeticsInc.com. And the best part is, is that it's really affordable. I recommend that you go and see it for yourself. If you choose to order it online, click in the order box and put in It's a New Day, and they will give you an extra 15% discount. So go to Gabriel Cosmetics, Inc., and check out this amazing skincare line. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Lynch from Valley Chiropractic Wellness Center. Listen up. Do you work in front of a computer more than one hour per day? Research shows that poor posture while working in front of the computer can cause the stress response leading to physical and emotional compromise. So don't forget, every hour, recheck your posture and take in six deep breaths. This will help you maintain peak health. For more healthy living tips, visit us at vcwc.net. Once again, vcwc.net. Do you love who and what you see in the mirror? Stop struggling with weight loss and learn to love who you are right now. 95% of dieters regain their weight within five years for a reason. They never truly learn to love their bodies. Visit BodyImageMastery.com to start your journey towards self-love and healing and get the results that you've always wanted. Call Laura Fenimore at 415-464-1234. 
or visit bodyimagemastery.com. Clear, clean, and crisp. Check us out in digital quality sound on FM 98.9 HD3. Alternative Talk 1150. The day that I'm dreaming about. Next time I'm in the club, everybody's screaming out. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. The only thing that I pray is that my feet don't fail me now. Yeah, don't fail me now, I'll tell you. One of the conversations, and this is a great conversation. I love that Rex, boy, I tell you, somebody had to write it. Rex sat down and, and, you know, took his journal, journalistic background, all that he's done, really a very, you know, scholarly approach to this, and created the book that Jesus sang, The Quest for His Authentic Message. Uh, Rex Weiler joining us here today. We're going to give you websites. We're giving away five copies of the book. Uh, please give us a shout, one 800 930 302819. We have a caller, Benny. Did you want me to take the call? Or uh, maybe we don't have a caller. And so 1 800 930 2819. Rex, I said before the break, Mary Magdalene. And, uh, you know, I wanted to to talk about that. And the yeah. reason that that came up is because it's on the minds of everybody. I mean, Mary Magdalene, if Mary Magdalene were to, alive today, She'd be a, an icon in the pop culture. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you know, out of all of the people we kind of point to, Mary Magdalene would be, uh, she, she'd be on showbiz tonight, entertainment tonight. You know, and I don't say that in a degrading way. What I'm saying is, even today, in this time, in this culture, we are drawn to the story of Mary Magdalene and the relationship of Mary Magdalene with Jesus and so forth. I, I'm not going to question why we are. Sometimes I think about how we fast forwarded to modern times and I can't help think that there is some energetic vibrational connection to some form of that that happened in the past. And I wanted to ask you, you took on Mary Magdalene in this book and I wanted to ask you, what was it about Mary Magdalene, her relationship that got your attention? And, you know, what do you I'm going to ask you about four questions. And what do you think of the questions in the movies about bloodline today? Well, first of all, um, yes, Mary Magdalene certainly caught my attention uh, as, a, as a powerful figure of this time because in all of the earlier sources, they mention different disciples. Different early sources mention different disciples. Everyone mentions Mary Magdalene. And so clearly she was a likely a real person uh, uh, and a compatriot of Jesus, walked with him, worked with him, and so forth. Now, later, the church tried to turn, uh, in the 6th century, uh, uh, the uh, Pope Gregory tried to turn Mary Magdalene into a prostitute and a sinner. Uh, and then now, in modern times, we've tried to turn her into Jesus' girlfriend. I think both of those uh, attempts to define Mary Magdalene are, are not accurate. I think the, the correct way to see Mary Magdalene is... In her own life, she was a strong woman in yeah. her own right. Oh, my gosh. If you were here, I would just plant a big old kiss on your face for saying that because no one is really talking about that. I mean, people go to all the wrong sources. If you want to know about Mary Magdalene, read her gospel. Read the gospel of Mary. That'll tell you about Mary Magdalene. The other great source for Mary is the gospel of Philip. Now, in the Gospel of Philip, he talks about Mary and why Jesus uh, 
appeared to tell her things that he did not tell the others, and he had a, definitely had a special relationship with her. Philip tells the story like this. The, the disciples are asking Jesus, why do you tell Mary things that you don't say to us? What's so special about Mary, in other words? And he tells them the story. Jesus says to them, look, if a blind person and a person that can see are in the same room and it's dark, there's no difference between the blind person and the person who can see. But when the light comes on, the person who can see can see the light. And what he was saying is that when he met Mary Magdalene, her eyes were already open. She could already see. And so I get the sense that Jesus and Mary Magdalene were like a team of very two charismatic we, you might say enlightened, wise beings who were powerful figures in their community, uh, both admired by, by the other disciples. And I see them more as a, as a team of two highly spiritual, evolved, brilliant people who toured the countryside preaching to people and helping them. And I think that was their special relationship. Now, whether or not there was a relationship, an intimate relationship between the two of them. We have zero evidence of that, and there's no evidence of a modern bloodline. We should focus rather on what Mary actually said and who she actually was. She was a teacher, just like Jesus. When we think about this, and we think about powerful women today, and this is why I brought this up, and when we think about powerful women today, um, they're going to be written about. You know what I'm saying? And there yeah. will be some version of them that will be written about, and it, and it probably will be along the lines of what we're talking about with Mary Magdalene. Yeah. But there will be other things that will be written about them um, that will not be along those lines. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not going to go talk about who those people are because that's not what it's about. It's about your book, The Jesus Things. Um, and there's so much in this book. But what you've been able to do is point out, well, what if it's not this? And what if it's not this? What if it's what we know about powerful women even today in today's pop culture? I want to thank you and acknowledge you for doing that because you've given us now a third option. Yeah, yeah, because you see, uh, in, in, certainly in the ancient patriarchal cultures, in which were most of the ancient cultures, certainly at this time in the first century, there was very little place or no place for a powerful woman like Mary. So she was written off or ignored or turned into a sinner or called a prostitute or whatever because people just didn't know how to deal with the fact that this was a woman who was much loved by her community. Now, but among the peasants, it's a very different story. Among the peasants of Galilee, they had a tradition of powerful women. They had a tradition of the goddess Asherah and her daughter on earth who looked after the rebirth of life every spring and these kinds of ideas. So. Uh, strong women in the peasant community in, in northern uh, Palestine, in Galilee, for example, played a very significant role. And I think this was probably the role that Mary Magdalene played. Uh, a very interesting, there's a very interesting story here about the term the Magdalene. What does that mean? In the 4th century, Emperor Constantine's mother claimed that she found Mary's hometown Magdal. But Here's an interesting piece of information. There is no evidence of a first century town called Magdal or Magdala. Uh, Magdal means tower. And the term Magdalene 
means the tower, the tower of the flock. It's a title. It has nothing to do with a hometown. It refers to something we find in the uh, the, the uh, prophet Micah, in which he refers to the woman who's the leader of the community, the young woman who's the daughter of of uh, the nation. He calls her the tower of the flock, the Magdal Ader. So when we say Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, we're talking about a woman who is considered someone important in the community. She's a tower of her people, a tower of the flock, the Magdalene, nothing about a hometown. So, you know, I want to make sure everybody out there knows we're giving copies away of the Jesus sayings. Uh, we've got several copies ready to give you. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. We'd also like to take your questions because, you know, honestly, there's so many questions that I have. We're not going to get them all. And I would love to hear what you'd like to ask Rex. Uh, that's our toll-free number, 1-800-930-2819. Rex, would you please give people the website so they can find out more, find out more about you, find out more about the book, how can they buy the book, all of that. Yeah, they can They can go to my website, which is just rexweiler.com. It's R-E-X-W-E-Y-L-E-R, rexweiler.com. It's that simple. And there's a whole section on my website uh, about the book, the Jesus Saints, and so forth. Uh, people can go there and find out how to get the book. Uh, you can just go to Amazon and get it or go to your local bookstore. should have it. it uh, where are your listeners? Mostly in Seattle, Washington State? Not Well, not really. This thing goes live over the Internet. Then it's going to go on iTunes, and it'll probably, you know, I have a feeling you're going to get an email from my, my friend Irene over in Hong Kong that listens. Oh, excellent, excellent. <laughs> Who knows? You can't find the book at your local bookstore. Just go to Amazon or go to my website, rexweiler.com, and you can find the book there. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're taking your questions. We're giving away copies of the book and much more. Uh, what does it mean to really look at the Jesus sayings? What does it mean? You know, if you are Christian, what does that mean to you? If you're not, what does it mean to you? Let's talk about miracles. Let's talk about what happened. Let's talk about it from what Rex has been able to discover. We'll be right back. by nature, green by choice. Traditional trash bags stay in our landfills and pollute the earth for over 800 years or more. Perfco green trash bags disappear naturally within two years and leave nothing harmful behind. Convert your home, school, and business to Perfco green. Now available at Walgreens, Amazon.com, OfficeMax, and other local stores. Visit PerfcoGreen.com. That's P-E-R-F GoGreen.com. Hi, this is Glenn Brooks from the Vibrant Living Radio Network. From terminal normalities to abundant reality, how do we craft and design more abundance in our lives? And how do we allow for more possibilities? Join me and my international team of contributors. Please join me in this exploration and become part of the Vibrant Living family, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., right here on Seattle's Alternative Talk, AM 1150, KKNW. Your life's precious and giant. Find the tools and resources and discover a new way of accessing those. Join Mystic Radio with Robin Alexis on Sundays at noon as metaphysical mother and TV personality Robin Alexis helps countless people around the globe to live fuller and more conscious lives. She serves you using her gifts as a medium, medical intuitive, past life reader, and more. 
Get your free on-air readings with Robin Alexis every Sunday at noon. And now hear rebroadcasts of Mystic Radio Wednesdays at 1 p.m. and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Would you like to smile more and feel more joy in your life? Lie High Joy's funny, delightful, inspiring items have proven to put big smiles on people's faces and make them feel good. That's why their joyful creations were given to all the top nominees at the 2009 Academy Awards. So, to get big smiles and feel good now, visit flyhighjoy.com or call 888-569-1332. The New Spirit Journal helps readers create abundance in all areas of their lives. Their articles don't just talk about theories that sound nice. They give you practical information you can use to turn those theories into practice. Available at over 500 locations in Washington and Idaho. New Spirit Journal is more than just a newspaper. It's your guide to the life you want to live. New Spirit Journal can also be read online at NewSpiritJournal.com. Did you know that nearly 60,000 dogs and cats are euthanized every year in western Washington? Posado's Safe Haven Space Station, a state-of-the-art mobile vet clinic, travels to the areas that need help the most. Posado's is reducing the number of unwanted animals by making spaying and neutering easy, safe, and inexpensive. To check the space station schedule or to read more, please visit posadosafehaven.org. That's P-A-S-A-D-O safehaven.org. Alternative Talk 1150 is now being broadcast in digital quality on FM 98.9 HD3. So rejoice, you early adopters of technology. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Hey, Rex Weiler joining us here today. The Jesus Sayings, the quest for his authentic message. I am, honestly, I apologize to all the listeners. There's so much to talk about. We're doing our best to get the questions in. I've invited Rex back so we can continue. Our listeners are calling in with questions. Uh, Rex, I want to get right to them. Uh, first question is, uh, we'd like you, Rex, to elaborate on if Mary Magdalene is or may be part of the feminine side of Jesus. Well, in, in a sense, Mary Magdalene is, is the woman's voice in the story, for sure. Um, but let's keep in mind, Mary's not just a metaphor for the feminine side of Jesus, just like she's not Jesus' girlfriend, nor is she a prostitute and so forth. We, we should be careful about trying to label her. Mary Magdalene is who she is. She's her own person. She's a powerful woman of the time who spoke the message of, of look inside. You, the seed of true humanity, she says, is inside of you. It's not somewhere else. Don't go looking for it. Look inside. She says similar things that Jesus says, but yes, she says them from the, from the feminine perspective. So in one sense, yes, she represents the feminine voice, uh, but let's don't mistake it as um, a metaphor for just the feminine side of Jesus. She is her own person. Yes, and I think I got that question right, and I think it was a great question because we've heard so much about it. Um, I, you know, I, and you and I could probably talk about the feminine side of Jesus on another show. Um, I got another question. What, Rex, what, you know, did you find anything on when Jesus was around the age of 12 to 30? Uh, no, there's very, very little. In, in fact, uh, even his, uh, even the birth stories, don't appear.
appear until much later in the record. Really, if, if, if the early record of Jesus, that is the stuff that's written in the first 30 years after his life, uh, don't mention Jesus until he appears as a disciple of John the Baptist. So we really don't know anything about his youth, uh, his early years, even his birth and infancy. Those, those stories appear much later in the record. So, you know, for example, some people have uh, suggested that perhaps Jesus traveled to the east, maybe to China and India, uh, maybe he hung out in Tibet and, and learned Taoism and Buddhism and so forth, which are all possible. It, it doesn't take that long. Uh, you know, in a couple of months, a camel caravan at that time could go from from China to the Mediterranean. But uh, Jesus would not have had to travel east to hear about Taoism and Buddhism because those ideas were all over the Middle East because the caravans were coming uh, west from China and um, not only did they bring silks and, and spices from China, they also brought ideas and theories and and people and stories. So the uh, we see a lot of parallels uh, between Jesus and, and ideas that we hear in Buddhism and Taoism and so forth. But these ideas were universal ideas that were floating around the Middle East at the time. So Jesus may have traveled east, um, but he wouldn't have had to, to to hear these ideas. So, you know, let's talk about this. There are a lot of questions. And I want to talk about, you know, a couple of questions that I think are on a lot of people's mind minds. You know, uh, and we talk about Jesus as being a Jew, not a Christian. You know, what did he practice? And can you get, give clarification to that statement? I think people are kind of pulling on his robe, so to speak, to, to say, no, he's here. No, he's there. What did you find? Um. Well, Jesus definitely grew up in a Jewish culture. Uh, he was a Jew. He wasn't a Christian in the sense of what we think of a modern uh, Christian belief. He was a Jew. He grew up in a Jewish culture. But we also have to keep in mind that Jesus was not uh, an urban temple Jew. Jesus was from the peasant class. He was from the and and he was from the north. He was from Galilee. Now the northern. Jewish people were considered the people of the land as opposed to the southern urban Jews who were the people of the book. So he was more from a tradition of oral culture. Um, they had a tradition of Derek Eretz, which is the tradition of common decency. In other words, people believed that you make the world right through common decency, through kindness, through sharing, through giving. Uh, not through following rituals. So we hear a lot of things from Jesus early on about um, righteousness is not, righteousness does not come from following ritual. Righteousness comes from how you treat others. And I think this is an important difference between, say, the uh, urban temple tradition in the south and the, the peasant tradition in the north. Jesus came from the people who call themselves the Israelites. Well, what does that mean? Well, the Israelite means the defenders of El. El was the deity in the north in Galilee, and El had a, uh, a female companion, Asherah, who was the queen of heaven. So you have to understand that Jesus came from a t tradition that was much more multicultural, uh, Believed in many deities, believed in the Queen of Heaven, uh, believed in the followed the rituals of the annual spring uh, planting rites and so forth. So, it's his Judaism was not something that we would likely recognize as sort of modern or urban temple Judaism. It was from the peasant class. 
And that's, you know, that's a clarification for most people. Uh, we only have a few minutes left. And it's the question that I would like you to you address, and I hope we can do it in a few minutes. There have been many people that question uh, the execution of Jesus. Who did it? Who betrayed him? Do we have any clarity on that at all, Rex? Yes, we have pretty much absolute clarity on that. Um, now, the the Jewish people were blamed for the execution of Jesus, and primarily they were blamed by the Roman uh, the the Roman state later in the third, fourth, and fifth century uh, blamed um, the Jews, so to speak, for killing Jesus. In fact, in the first century in Palestine. The only people that had the authority to execute anyone was, was the Roman governor, and that would have been Pilate. So make no mistake about it. There may have been some uh, collaborators uh, involved, but make no mistake, uh, the execution of Jesus was a Roman job, and it was uh, the only person who had the authority would have been the Roman governor, Pilate. So, you know, Rex, so much. thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us here today. I'm sure our listeners have many, many more questions. I'd love to bring you back because, you know, there is much more to talk about in this book and, and your work. And you have done an amazing scholarly job. And that's what I love about this. You know, this is not a book. You know what I'm saying? Many people are told to the Jesus sayings. What, is this going to be the follow-up to the Da Vinci Code? Uh, and not really. I mean, this is you doing some hard work wow well, i really appreciate that i spent a lot of time on this my my effort was to be accurate mm. to tell the truth uh, and to get to the truth and to share that with the people who read the book so i appreciate that thank you thank you so much uh give out your website for everybody one more time please rex Okay, if people want to know more you can go to my website it's rexweiler.com r-e-x W-E-Y-L-E-R, RexWeiler.com, and there's information about the Jesus book and other things. Thank you, Rex. Thank you so, so much. Stay tuned, everyone. We've got some Doc Talk coming up. Rex Weiler, The Jesus Sayings. Thank you all for all of your calls, and we've got some books for you. Again, wow. Thank you, Rex. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Thank you.